Today is July 28th, 2023, and we welcome you to our Chapter 49 podcast. Our podcast is weekly most of the time. We're going to miss a week uh, coming up in August, but we'll try to hit as many weeks as we can uh, as we move in from summer to fall. And uh, one person always with us is Duncan Giles, and Duncan will have something important to say about you in a moment, but welcome back. Thanks, Larry. It's always good to be here. Well, there's always, you know, we, we, we try to keep this a business-related podcast most of the time, but there are instances where personal issues do come up to the top, and I don't think this is any secret. You've made a big announcement on social media on this. Uh, for those who uh, do not know, tell us the big personal news. Uh, yeah, my partner Kim and I uh, recently became engaged, and we are looking to be uh married next month. So I have, uh, as I like to say, I've outkicked my coverage, as they say in the NFL, uh, with a partner who I do not deserve and is an absolutely wonderful and amazing lady. Well, I, I speak for all of us, I think, that are fans of this podcast. We certainly congratulate you and Kim. I think you both are getting something very important here. And we are, uh, we are, and I know she's a fan of the podcast, so she's uh, either listening or watching right now. So I'll, allow me to congratulate both of you. Wish you well. And uh, the wedding is coming up soon. And uh, thank you. You're going to the convention first, then the wedding, right? Uh, yeah, basically, uh, we've got the NTU National Convention coming up. Uh, in the first week of August, drive back uh, the next day, and then the day following that, uh, a small ceremony uh, to get married. Well, good for you. Congratulations. Appreciate all that. So with the personal item out of the way, there is something very important that has just happened with Chapter 49. Chapter 49 has uh, a, a local election every three years when offices are elected. That election lasts for three years. Those offices are in office for three years, and then there'll, of course, be another election. Uh, we've just been in the election process recently. Uh, there has uh, been a, an election committee formed. They went out for uh, nominations. The nominations came in, and then people accept or, or, re, or deny those uh, those nominations. Now that that's all been done, Duncan, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, give us a, an update as to What's happened since? Yeah, as was posted on our Facebook page last Friday and uh, in you know, numerous bulletin boards and on our union door, uh, there were no contested offices uh, for this go-around, which means that uh, Percy Groves will continue to be our secretary, chapter secretary. Uh, Zoe Olgie up in Merrillville will continue to be our treasurer. Uh, Gail Groves is our new vice president, and I was uh, nominated and accepted the nomination and will be president for another three-year term. So it's three more years for Duncan. <clears throat> I, I'm sorry, I've had an issue with my throat here. Uh, three more years for Duncan. Congratulations to you and all the other officers. Thank you, and I, I appreciate all the hard work uh, of the uh, election committee, the chairperson, Chris Ropa. Linda Spicer and Kelly Carey all did a great job in making sure this ran smoothly. And, you know, just appreciate their efforts uh, very, very much. All right, let's get into other work uh, that we need to, to talk about. And there was a very big announcement in recent days. And again, we posted this on our 
uh, Facebook page. If you'd like to look to like or follow our Facebook page, go on to Facebook, search for NTEU Chapter 49 Indiana. That's a specific phrase. Like or follow us, and we'll try to keep you up to date there. But that announcement came out, and it not only came out internally, uh, but it had a lot of uh, play in the general press as well. The fact that uh, IRS revenue officers will no longer be coming unannounced to people's homes and businesses, correct? That is absolutely correct. This is something that we've been working on for quite a while. I think the pandemic helped show that revenue officers could do the job without knocking on the doors of folks unannounced. And there's always been an element of danger, and you know it doesn't get any easier than that. Um, when you're knocking on a stranger's door asking for money and you know, there are a lot of copycats out there. So we're very, very happy that the commissioner took this step after uh, hearing from a lot of chapter presidents, hearing from a lot of revenue officers, hearing from a lot of his own executives and managers about this, that it was something that uh, is very, very good for safety of our revenue officers out there. Well, and I think that there was um the reason this took a long time to get done is that, to be blunt about it, there are certain people in American society who need unannounced visits, all right, uh, to get the money collected. But once you look at everything on balance, uh, the service decided it was not any longer worth the risk, right? Yeah, there are, as you said, there are going to be certain instances where there will be unannounced visits, but those are going to be few and far between. The vast majority will be, you know, we're announced to either a uh, power of attorney or the, you know, and or the taxpayer themselves. And, you know, understanding that it is kind of difficult sometimes if you're not doing it unannounced. But everyone felt, and I certainly agree with this, that the safety aspect outweighed the, uh, you know, interest of trying to get every cent that we could. So the uh, rule now is there will not generally, and with, so there might be some very rare exceptions, but uh, as a general policy, IRS will not be showing up unannounced to collect money from uh, the taxpaying public and businesses and so forth. So that is a big change, and uh, it's something that we think is a, a step in the right direction as a union for employee safety. And uh, to be uh, honest about it, plenty of people in the taxpaying public seem to be happy about this. Yeah, I hope they're happy for the right reasons that, A, it's for employee safety and not for, gee, I'm going to be able to try and get away with something. Because the revenue officers still have everything else in their toolbox they're able to use to make sure that folks get into compliance and pay what they owe. I want to move on to excuse me, something else. And uh, this is another piece of big news that's happened since our last podcast. Uh there's been a desk audit going on. I was always told by people who were in the know in federal employee issues that uh, desk audits are not always a good thing. <clears throat> they can really cause problems. You know, you may think you're a grade 11, you should be a 12, you can have a desk audit. <clears throat> that desk audit could say, well, you're a grade 4. I mean, that's how bad these things can be. I've actually seen a case <clears throat> where that actually happened. A grade 11 had a desk audit, totally controlled by management. And his 11 went down to a four. So it's not exactly always a good employee issue. But, and it wasn't something initiated by NTU or employees. It was initiated by OPM, but you can talk more about that. There were some revenue agent desk audits ordered. Um, 
tell us what we have found out in the recent uh, days about where that has gone. Yeah, this, as you said, this was Office of Personnel Management, OPM, had ordered these desk audits. This wasn't uh, IRS or even the Treasury Department. This was OPM. And basically what they were saying was, well, you're, you're hiring these grade 13 revenue agents. We're not sure that the work that you're going to be assigning them is a grade 13 work. And, you know, this was right in the middle of hiring a bunch of people and people who have been promoted to grade 13s. Are they going to be able to keep the 13s? Are they going to have to go back to 12s? And we were very happy and relieved to hear that the results of the desk audit, everything is not finished, but the results of the desk audit were that the grade 13s are justified. Folks who have been promoted to the 13 will be able to keep that and they'll be able to start going back in now and uh, doing more hiring for 13s and uh, you know promotions will be out there for possibly for folks for 13s. So it's really good news because it, you know it's one of those things where on the outside people say, well, you know that's not that much work and things of that nature. It's it's pretty defined and it really isn't. Um, the work of both revenue agents and revenue officers are very complex. And getting more complex every day, and especially revenue agents with the changes in the tax laws. So, to you know, I think that is very fair, and I'm very happy that the desk audit came out as a grade 13, so they're able to uh, give these folks the proper grade for the type of work that they're doing. So, and I read that, and I, it's a really complicated document. So, uh, just to clarify this, is this the final decision that this is all over? That's what they've said. Every you know that. All the I's are not dotted, all the T's are not crossed, but we've been told, NTU National has been told, and they've related to the chapters, that, yeah, for our purpose, basically the 13s are going to be able to go ahead and either retain their grade or, um, you know, apply for competition, things of that nature. So it's it's very good news. So was anybody harmed by this? Was anybody downgraded or was any delay in, in a... 13 promotion that was that had been scheduled through all this um well aside from a lot of folks uh doing a lot more pepsid or drinking a lot more pepto-bismol because of upset stomachs um the harm has been coming in in the delay of everything because basically everything was just frozen so somebody was in the process of possibly being promoted to a 13 or just having been promoted to a 13 they didn't know if they were going to get to keep their position if they were going to be lowered back to a 12 and have to pay back part of the 13 pay, there were a lot of moving pieces in this. And we're just glad now that they can move forward. Are we upset that there was a delay? Yeah, because we felt it was pretty needless. But OPM is going to do their thing. And they thought that this possibly was something that they wanted to take a look at. Thank goodness uh, it came out favorably because, as you said, desk audits are absolutely a crapshoot. They really are. You just never know how they're going to turn out because it's very likely if somebody wants to do a desk audit that it turns out to be a lower grade than a higher one, and that could impact people across the service in that position. So we're just, like I said, very, very happy that it turned out the way it did. Yeah, so it's really the, the prospect of something that might have happened that caused the most angst amongst people. So nobody actually lost a period of time as a 13. They just were worried about, well, can I keep my 13? Am I going to be able to get the one I'm scheduled to have? So 
uh, it's good to hear that. And, you know, I, I think it should be said, Duncan, that uh, NTEU, our attorneys, were watching this very carefully, and so was our national leadership. And had this decision gone the other way, <clears throat> we were prepared to go to court or wherever we had to go to to, to fight this, to, but we didn't have to. Uh, came out the right way, so that's always a good thing. But I want everybody to know that NTEU was geared up to do whatever we had to do for people to be treated fairly. Yeah, we. it was pretty clear-cut according to everything that we could see that these 13s were justified. So we were prepared to, like you said, if we needed to go to court, we'd go to court or any other legal redress that we needed to take to try and ensure that these folks got what they should be getting. Let's move on to uh, the wonderful world of, of uh, abbreviations that IRS uses. You are part of what's called a BIC. A BIC is not a pen. What is a BIC? Uh, the each division has a uh, business improvement committee meeting, uh, and every they rotate chapter presidents in and out. And so, you know, we make sure that folks who have knowledge of the basic divisions are in there, so we can ask questions of the leadership, bring things up on agendas that they might not other dis- otherwise discuss um, or think about. So these these types of meetings uh, I found in the BICs that I've been on um, have been very, very beneficial in just the open discussions about uh, different issues. Well, speaking of open discussions, we're going to talk about what you uh, discussed just the day before we record this. You had that most recent BIC meeting for wage and investment. Now, wage and investment, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, should include the processing centers, correspondence, accounts management for uh, both correspondence and toll-free, and also uh, encompasses the taxpayer assistance centers. Did I miss anything? Uh, ACS as well. Oh, ACS. Thank thank you. The collection, automated collection system, which is the telephone collection people. Yes. Thank you for uh, adding that. They are also a part of this. So you had a lot of information shared with you and ideas gone back and forth. The first issue you discussed was hiring. So what did they reveal about hiring within WNI? Yeah. And excuse me, because I'm going to refer to notes that I was taking yesterday. Um, they said that in uh, WNI, they had hired in uh, fiscal year 23 over 9,200 people. Uh and almost 6,000 of those, 59 over 5,900, were in accounts management. Over 3,300 were in submission processing. So those are some pretty large numbers. Uh, they've already done advanced hiring for fiscal year 24, even though we don't start it for another month or two months or so. Um, they've already hired 3,800 people under that, and thirty-three over 3,300 of those we're 962 uh, CSRs. So, you know, we, we were told was accounts management is in good shape, quote unquote. Um, you know, they're still looking to always hire more in submission processing. Those are the gateway jobs to start at the IRS a lot of times, as well as accounts management. And so they're, you know, those are some of the lower graded, and they want to try and continue to bump those up as much as they can to process the returns and things of that nature. So it's it's off to uh, 
a good start, and I think that they're going to be, um, you know, looking to make sure that we stay at a good level in at least accounts management and WNI. So we're talking about fiscal year, which ends in at the end of September this year, the fiscal year uh, 2023. When you use that number of 9,273, sort of put that in perspective or context compared to previous years of what? Um, in previous years, we might be able to get, um, you know, maybe half of that, maybe, uh, usually closer to a third or a little bit less. Um, so it's, and this is the, absolutely the direct result of the, uh, of the IRA that passed, uh, the Inflation Reduction Act. That, that money, even though they've started peeling away some of it, is really helping out for our hiring so we can do the job we're supposed to be doing for the taxpayers so people can get through on the phones. You know, when it comes to toll-free, we used to call it toll-free, I still call it, that's called accounts management now. But one thing that had been discussed when I was working there, you know, I left there, when in 2006 to move on to w to another part of w but as a manager, but uh, even back in the day when you and I were working the phones and, I was doing a lot of training. There was always talk about why don't we have in, let's say, accounts management, full-time trainers? Because when I was doing training, it was part of my job, but I did that for a while. Then I went back into, I taught for IU or Purdue. Then I would uh, do some work on the telephone. Then I would do some correspondence or callbacks. I mean, we were all doing a variety of work. And I'm not saying that was a bad thing, but... When I would have to move into a training, I'd have to completely kind of change my orientation into that training mode uh, to get into classroom training again or coaching or whatever it is I was doing. But there has been some talk about going to full-time trainers, which, again, has been talked about as far back as the 90s. What do we know about that? Yeah, that was absolutely brought up. Um, They said that this is being explored uh, one of the things they are looking at doing, which sort of uh, through several of the chapter presidents for a loop, is, is as opposed to having uh, you know tr- more trainers or people that are doing strictly training, they're looking at putting in, you know, ev- for every group, they have a lead for the uh, folks on the phones. Well, now they're talking about expanding that to three leads per team. And having those folks be able to help more, mentor more, uh, almost like a one-on-one teaching session when they have people with questions. So this this we found very, very interesting and are looking to follow up with them to see how the plans are going to progress with this, how soon it's going to happen, those types of things. Because if you're doing that, A, it's a higher grade for a lot of folks out there who are deserving but B, it's also going to be great for CSRs to be able to have more access to more experienced people that can help them with issues. So when they're on the phone with the taxpayers, they have a resource person they can go to and uh, get their questions answered so the taxpayer knows what's going on. So it's, it would basically be a win for everybody. Well, not, and not to, to, to mention the fact that there'll be additional promotional opportunities within uh, accounts management. Absolutely. Yeah. When you're talking about tripling the number of leads and, you know, we've had a lot of expansion in 
you know, the number of people that we've hired as we just went over. So there are more groups out there and there are going to be more needs for those leads if they do indeed uh, decide to triple the number. So, yeah, that's never a bad thing either. Well, let's talk about something else that's part of the IRS speak within accounts management. The term that of art there is level of service. And I'll let you define what that means for those who don't work in accounts management. But uh, I have found there have been years where level of service has been so abysmal. It was like the 20%, 30% area. Well, hiring has improved that. And there's also some technology being used. So tell us what you learned about that. Yeah, the what they said to the level of service for the filing season, which they basically defined as uh, the middle of January through close to the end of April was over 87%, which is an astounding number and something I don't think that I've, you know, I've been involved with accounts management now for over 28 years, and I don't think I've ever seen it this high. So again, that's a direct result of this hiring. Now, there is another thing at play, like you mentioned, the technology. Um, this has been an issue of mine that I've been bringing up to uh, executives, chatbots. You know, we now have chatbots out there. Last fiscal year, um, or actually last filing season, uh, there were over a million and a half calls handled by chatbots, which I found to be an outs- just a very high number. I knew it was high. Uh, I had not been able to get that information beforehand. Um, and just to hear that a million and a half calls were answered by chatbots and, you know, they would not, you know, a lot of times the taxpayers may not know that they're not talking to a real human, that they're talking to a chatbot. So it was something that's, um, that was very surprising to us. Have you ever used chat GPT? Uh, yes, I have. Okay, let me tell you my experience. And that's a kind of chat bot that's available to the general public if you sign up for it. The one thing I've found is it's, it, the, the database only goes up to some certain date in 2021. So if you ask about anything after that, it will tell you that it doesn't know. At least it'll be honest. But what I've tried to do is I, I, I write a local news blog. I thought, I'm going to do an experiment. I'm going to take a news release that I received. I'm going to tell... Chat GPT to write a news story based on this news release. And I would cut and paste the news release in. So it wrote a story for me. And you know, and here's the thing that really surprised me on one of the situations where I did that. Chat GPT inserted a quotation in the news release by a person who was never never named in the news release and the quotation was never put in the news release. It just put it in there. <laughs> so, ch- you know, chatbots are not perfect. I mean, they're big, They're getting better. And, you know, it's a form of uh, artificial intelligence, and we know that that is continuing to move on. Uh, but it's interesting. Now, when you when, kind of explain to people who have never experienced this, if you're a taxpayer and you get funneled into a chatbot, what is that experience like generally? Basically, they will, you know, you'll ask a question and the chatbot will answer the question. Now, like you said, how accurate is the answer? Uh, for the most part, it's going to be in our situations. Uh, we're hoping that it's it's pretty accurate because we're dealing with, 
numbers and things of that nature. I hope that's what the chatbots are handling. So it, it can be an interesting experience to have those. Um, you know, you can ask, you can download a free chatbot, ask it questions and see how it answers. And some of the answers, you know, are almost human-like. They're not human-like, but they're almost human-like. Let's put it that way. But my main concern on this has always been, um, you know, will this impact the number of employees we hire? In other words, are chatbots going to be taking over CSR jobs? And, you know, the answer that I got um, was no, they will not be replacing it. And the commissioner of W&I, Ken Corbin, and I want to make sure I quote him correctly because he was asking to be quoted correctly on this podcast because I told him it was going to be on here, uh, that chatbots are helping with the pent-up demand. As he put it, you know, even though we've had a million and a half calls answered by chatbots, our call volume is still going up. So that's it's not like it's reducing it. It's still very, very high. And he does not, he sees chatbots as something that can help the IRS, but it's not going to be replacing you know, CSRs. And I thought that was a, a good answer and I understood it. And I wanted to make sure that I was fair. I, you know, if an executive does something wrong or gives me faulty information or blows me off, I'll mention that. But if they give an honest answer and, you know, something, a good explanation, I want to make sure to give them credit. And I thought that was a good explanation. So yes, chatbots are here to stay. They are going to be improving, but they are not going to be taking jobs away from CSRs or reducing our hiring or anything like that. At this point, we're going to continue nationally to monitor this. I know from NTU from the discussions I've had with them, but as of now or the foreseeable future, they will not be replacing CSRs and we're still going to be hiring in the numbers that we have been. I'd like to uh, officially welcome that executive to our audience since I'm sure he's listening and watching to make sure you quoted him directly and correctly. <laughs> Move on to something else here because, you know, something's never changed. You know, I've been retired for 12 years now. And one thing that has never changed, you, you, did, you heard a story about CSR laptops and the new software. And as soon as that was rolled out, it's, oh, we don't have the capacity for this new software. So, unfortunately, this sounds like something I would have gone through 13 years ago. Yeah, every CSR that listens or views this podcast uh, knows how much our finesse system is. And for those who don't know it, finesse is a new system that was incorporated to accounts management to improve everything, make the system quicker, make it easier to access. And of course, it fell right on its face because finesse falls down more than, you know, for those of you who aren't in accounts management, it's worse than RGS. Um, <laughs> if that gives you any indication, uh, so they've, you know, to give the IRS executives on WNI credit, they've discovered this is a problem. And what they figured out was, and they've tested this a little bit, apparently, is they're going to be adding RAM to all the, the, uh, laptops out there. So we won't have the finesse issue with drop calls because that's where it's mostly happened. Finesse will freeze up or you know, the calls will just simply drop off because the system can't handle it. So we're hoping that, you know, did they give us um, a time frame on how soon this is going to be done? No, I think it's going to be done gradually. 
but they were saying that they want every CSR's laptop to have more RAM put in so that it can handle finesse and hopefully we can eliminate the issues with that system. Okay, to kind of wrap up your uh, meeting uh, and your summary of that, uh, there was a discussion about taxpayer assistance centers. Tell us what you learned there. Yeah, this has been something that has been on a reduction for quite a few years. I mean, they, you know, it costs uh, the IRS a lot more money for folks to come into a taxpayer center than it does to call or to do it electronically. So they've been on a reduction binge, and it's just been in the last year or so where they've gone to increasing it. And there are um, now there's 363 tax across the country. 334 of them are open, which is a pretty high number for the IRS. 21 are temporarily closed because people aren't there, and eight are not staffed at all, and they're hoping to staff those up. Um, they said that they've got uh, 230 tax are not fully staffed, and that was down from 270, which is a pretty good percentage. Um, and their attrition rate, and this is part of the problem for them, is 17%. Now, when you hear an attrition rate of 17%, that sounds pretty high, but that's much less than it is for revenue agents, revenue officers, or folks on the phones. Um, and they onboarded almost 700 people in the tax in the last fiscal year. And they're at about 71% of capacity for the tax themselves. So it's definitely gearing up, and we're trying to do everything we can to get access for more people, more taxpayers, to uh, help them as well as we can. Okay, good information from your BIC meeting uh, that happened just the day before we record this. So time's about up. Uh, your final comment for today, Duncan. Yeah, my final comment is uh, our most frequent guest we've had is uh, retiring in, in basically two weeks. Tony Reardon was at the BIC yesterday, and he, he made a statement, I'm going to be paraphrasing here, that, uh, that really struck home with everybody and is so absolutely true. The culture of the IRS must change to meet its mission. No longer... Can we tolerate a culture of bullying and intimidation? Because it's still out there. And for somebody who is, you know, on the way out, literally on the way out for two weeks, you know, two weeks to go in his career and to be fired up about this. And he was fired up. Let me tell you, folks, he's Tony is the guy that we said is we're going to be working to the last day. And he is. But that's something that is. There are pockets of it in every area of the IRS, but in WNI, it seems to be more prevalent. And he made it very, very clear to Ken Corbin and the other executives on this call that it can't be tolerated. There needs to be more done. And um, they have assured him that it will be. Well, that definitely is good news. Now, you, uh, you my little comment is you may have heard it, may, maybe not on the microphone. We have uh, thunderstorms rolling through my town of Fishers, Indiana, where I uh, record this out of my home office. Uh, but generally around the country, we are seeing some record heat. So please, if you're outside, take care of yourself, hydrate yourself, get in the shade, do whatever you have to do. Heat stroke is a very serious thing. Heat can be dangerous. So we would hope that you would 
watch this summer time where we are getting some of the hottest weather in most of the country that we have seen in a very long time. I want to thank again Duncan Giles. Uh, he'll be back next week if all goes well uh, for our uh, Chapter 49 podcast. Again, if you want uh, updates and even uh, links to this podcast uh, when it's uh, finished each week, you can follow or like our Facebook page. Again, you Go to Facebook, you uh, do the search, NTEU Chapter 49 Indiana, that exact phrase, and uh, you can uh, get all the updates we provide on a regular basis about what's going on. And again, we do this podcast, Duncan and I, because you have told us it's valuable to you, and as long as that's the case, we will continue uh, to do this podcast. Maybe not every single week, but, but most weeks anyway. In the meantime, please... Be safe and be kind.